Remember Richmond and remember St. Louis out of the A-10. Boston misses a corner three. Burton down with the rebound, and that is going to do it. What a nice win for the Richmond Spiders. They come into Lexington, and they beat the youthful Cats 76 to 64. Emergency podcast time. We are back for episode two of the Frontline Fanatics podcast after uh, probably, honestly, the most exciting win that Richmond basketball has had since Andrew and I have started following Richmond basketball. Uh, we're going to do our review of the Bluegrass Classic. Um, I am Evan Aldifer, joined by my man, Andrew Aguilera. Uh, underrated singer. I'm going to come up with like a new little <laughs> phrase for him every single we're time. We're not getting into that. We're not getting into that. How you doing, man? How you feeling after today? Um, I'm doing well. Great Thanksgiving weekend. Hope everyone listening and you, Evan, had a great Thanksgiving as well. Um, feeling good. I mean... You know, I'm not one to get super excited after one win. I think this is an awesome win. You know, beating a top 10 team in the country is great. I also like to put a little perspective on it and think, you know, it's the second game um, live. Uh, Packers intercepted Mr. Trubisky. He's terrible. Um, oh, I just like to think that, you know, second game of the season for us, third game of the season for them. We don't really know what they are. Kentucky's young every single year. So like John said uh, to Noah, during media, I think it was Wednesday, maybe, um, talking about how they have such a young and experienced team. We kind of are just playing like a high school all-star team that's not really together yet. But, I mean, at the same time, it is still a ranked team. And when it comes to be March, it's going to look good for us. So, super happy about the win, obviously. Like, why would you not be happy about it? So, what about you? So, I'm feeling pretty good. Morale's been high today. Cole's got crushed, but spider-wise, we're feeling good. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, we both got our spider gear. We're really riding the wave from the win today. Um, I'm feeling good. We're going to get into a lot more Richmond, Kentucky live reaction for today. Um, we're going to run through a couple things. We're going to start with the Moorhead State game. We'll get through that pretty quickly because I'm sure people want to talk about Kentucky. Spend a lot of time on Kentucky, and then we'll wrap up looking forward to our next game on Wednesday against Charleston. Uh, before we get into any of that, though, Andrew and I want to send a shout-out and a thank you to everyone who listened to our uh, first podcast that came out middle of last week, or I guess middle of this week. Um, I think we're getting over a hundred plays now across all media outlets, which is really cool to us. Cause again, this is something we threw together, just texting back and forth. Uh, not that plan, not that, you know, organized or anything like that. And, um, <laughs> for everyone that's texted, reached out questions, comments, feedback, any of that, it's been awesome so far. So, um, keep that coming. It's been, it's been really great to, you know, interact with everybody and, see how much interest there is in Richmond or, or just you and I talking back and forth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sending my thanks as well. I remember the first episode we did, um, we had put it out and then we went to the cellar for cellar Wednesday or something yeah. here. And we're seeing these, these plays on SoundCloud. We're like, Whoa, like people are actually listening to this. This is crazy. Like why would they listen to these like two morons just babbling? But, um, you know, I think we know our, we know our stuff pretty well. So, yeah. um, thanks again. Yeah. So, Let's talk a little bit about the Moorhead State game. I'm yeah, going to for you to recap it first because, uh, full disclosure, I was – I missed that game. was doing some things. I <laughs> involved wineries in Sonoma. You know, I'm going to leave it at that. But what did you think about Moorhead State, what you saw from the first game of the season, um, and, you know, even how it transferred over to the game we just saw today? Yeah, so while you were in Sonoma, I was on my Nordic track bike uh, about 10 feet away from me watching the game. Let's As go. the people on Twitter saw my sweaty halftime uh, press conference, if you want to call it, halftime update. But 
Um, you know, it was an okay game. Like I said, uh, on my quick recap, I don't think it was our best game. I don't think it was our worst first game of the season. I didn't expect a ton to, I like, I didn't expect to see a ton from these guys. Um, I know they've been dying to play, but it like, it's the first game they played in what, 266 days. So didn't expect them to really be like fresh to play other people, but the first half was a little, little sketchy, especially because Moorhead had gotten beaten so bad by Kentucky two days prior. Um, only going up seven into that half, but, um, you know, some highlights were that, you know, KO was amazing. He was 10 for 10 with 23 in the game. Golden was eight for 10. Those two guys were super efficient. And then we really came out strong in the second half. We held them to 24 points. Um, and we didn't really have to turn on the offense because they were kind of all over the place. And I, I feel that because of that, we didn't really need to crank it up either. So um, I think if we, I, overall, I think it was an okay game. You know, we kind of had that tough first half, but we got through it. And the only other kind of sketchy thing I would say from that game was the Andre Weir scenario um, where he was a coach DNP. Uh, I don't think we know too much about it, but I'm going to assume and guess that it's, you know, nothing too bad. Um, if it was, I don't, I, I don't think Chris Mooney would have given us the optimism about him having a, you know, a future potential here in, in this program. So um, that's just speculative, but besides that, I think the game was, was fine and we got the win and that's what really matters. So any, any comments from you, Ev, just on what you saw after the game or, or the Andre scenario? Yeah, I think for the Andre thing first, I I um, listened into what Coach Mooney had to say because I think Noah asked him about it, um, and he you know just basically summed it up in saying, hey, we we hold our athletes to certain standards. He didn't meet those standards, and so we think it's best. You know, we decided to not have him dress for these two games. So to me, you know, it kind of sounds somewhere in the middle of making a dumb mistake versus doing something actually wrong. I think if he did something really bad, probably you know probably wouldn't have either talked about it or we'd already be hearing something about it. Right. So probably just a simple freshman mistake, something that the coaches established that wasn't going to be acceptable. And so your, your punishment is to miss a few games. What I think will be really interesting to see is if he's going to crack that rotation in a significant way, based on what we've seen over these past two games of our big man rotation after Grant goes out. Um, So we'll get into that a little bit with, you know, what I saw from Kentucky today, but um, you know, look, Nathan Ko, ten for ten from the field. Um, I, I think it's it's Robert, I be, Robert Tanyan touchdown. Oh, <laughs> the the Packers are killing it and killing it for my fantasy team too. Um, but look, it comes down to this: if Nathan Ko is going to be a top two scorer for this team, what that means to me is that the scoring pressure is off of Jacob and he's distributing, and the scoring pressure is off of Blake and Grant, and they're making plays, we're going to be really, really good if, if um, Nathan Kayo's given us 15, 18, 20 points a game. I did not see that at all. I thought he was going to be a clear fourth option um, based on what we've seen, and he has clearly improved. So um, that's really, really exciting to me because, again, if he can consistently get to the bucket, the way we know about how he plays, he takes smart shots, he makes shots he should make, doesn't really do anything that's outside of his wheelhouse. So his consistency is going to be very, very important to the team's success going forward. And I think we saw that in Moorhead in a big way. And uh, then we saw it in the Kentucky game today. So um, unless you got anything else on Moorhead, Richmond just beat number 10 Kentucky, man. What, what do you have What do you have to say to, to the folks about that? Yeah, one last thing for Moorhead. i uh, got to mention a Mac race three-pointer. That's, yes. that's great to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky though yeah I mean this is we know anyone that's listening at this point knows that this is why we are doing this podcast right now 
Um, what was the final? 82-64, something like that? I've got it up. 76-64. Oh, the 82-64 was the Rich- Richmond-Moorhead game. I'm confusing myself. Um, a lot of fair. basketball this weekend. So Consistent defense, um, 64 points each game. Yeah, yeah, we love to see that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's a great win. Got to be super happy about it. Um, you know, one thing I did notice during the game, which was one of our, our tweets that got a little bit more attention, was I think we got these announcers got to put a little bit more respect on Grant Golden's name. We got Dan Shulman and Jimmy Dykes talking about his long beard and his long hair. He's like, Oh, is he a hot yoga instructor? Is he a barista that like pours me almond milk? He's the guy who checks me out at the green market. Like, no, this guy is not as Stephen A. Smith would say a bona fide scrub. He's a bona fide beast Yeah, out here balling. He was super efficient. Again, he only played like 20 minutes, I think. At 13 points, joined the 1,500-point club. Congrats, Grant. Um, but, yeah, and I, I don't know why they're talking about – I mean, I guess they just need something to fill the time. But, yeah. I mean, fill the time with some accolades. Don't fill the time with the calling the guy who works at Whole Foods. But, yeah, you know, that that's not exactly weak. a recap of the game, but that was just the first thing that stuck out to me. Pretty weak. Um, I, like the, the long hair and the beard makes his look. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers. Like you said, he played exactly 20 minutes. And in those 20 minutes, gave us 13 points, five assists, seven rebounds. So, you know, I think we can look at it both ways. It's probably a, and again, over the past year, Grant has always played less minutes than the other core, core three now, or core four last year with Nick in there. Um, due to one, I think conditioning, because again, people forget um, when Grant was a freshman, he collapsed on the court with a heart condition. So, yeah. You know, I'm 100%. sure that still, it still goes into Mooney's. I mean, if I was a coach and I saw that happen to one of my players, I would be afraid to push him to play 30 minutes a game or 35 minutes a game. Um, so he's always played less, but I think 20 is low from what Richmond wanted. And that's obviously due to foul trouble, right? Because he was kind of going in and out with Matt Grace in the second half. But great efficiency. Congrats to him. He's a great player. Um, just some, you know, some other of my quick thoughts from the, from the Kentucky game. First and foremost, I'll shout out my guy, Mike Augusta. I did claim on the first podcast. Go, Mike. Claimed on the first podcast I would be on the hot, hashtag Hire Mooney train. If we did beat Kentucky, we beat Kentucky. So hashtag Hire Mooney. There you go, everybody. No, Speak, speak for yourself on that one. Yeah, right. Well, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, <laughs> just a couple things I saw. I was watching this, by the way, on a plane going back to Maryland uh, or to D.C., um, from 30,000 feet, 240p on that Alaska Airlines Wi-Fi. So I could, you know, barely make out who the players were, but uh, it was really a tale of two halves, in my opinion, where it came down to it. Um, Kentucky sped the game up in the first half. They made us take some bad shots. They made us run the floor and not really get into our offense. We're not a fast break team. We are maybe off a steal where it's an unsettled situation and we have the, the advantage but we're not a run up and down the floor and, and, you know, let our athletes beat your athletes kind of team. So I think that played into their hands um, for the first half, but then the second half we smartened up. We, we took more time both on the offensive side and on the defensive side and the score, you know, kind of played itself out from there. Um, one thing I, I ultimately am really curious about from this game is does this say more about Richmond or does this say more about Kentucky and two stats from Kentucky really stand out to me one they didn't make a three-pointer the entire game which is shocking and two they didn't have an assist in the second half which just speaks to how bad their offense was out of sync in the second half so yeah Andrew is that Richmond being really good on defense or is that as you mentioned 
five high school all-stars coming together and, and just not really flowing in a way that a college team should. Yeah. I mean, as, as a, you know, slightly Richmond biased person, I want, I want to say it's, <laughs> it's this, uh, you know, changed zone to man defense that Mooney's brought in in the last year. But at the end of the day, I think it, it's a little bit of both. You know, I think we played pretty well on the defensive side. We were making Kentucky guys take really bad shots. Um, as Evan would say, that shot like right to the right of the hoop, like five to 10 feet out. Like when you're right there, you got no glass. It's a worst shot in basketball. One of my favorite shots. Andrew loves it. <laughs> they were taking a ton of those shots and they just weren't making them. They, the form looked bad. They just looked out of sync. But I also think it is the classic John Calipari you know, one and done situation where it does take teams like this a little bit of time to get together. I think we're lucky that nothing against our team, but just towards Kentucky, I think we're lucky we're playing them in the first week of the season and not in mid January when maybe they've had a little bit of chance of a chance to get to know each other. Like you said, last, last podcast, you know, they're don't even know where they live on campus yet, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And like, they don't really know each other. Like these guys are all high school all-stars and they're the best recruits, some of the best recruits in the country, but they don't know how to play as a team yet. on a lot of those teams. They're probably the guy, the guy who's getting up all the points, all the assists, everything. They're getting all the attention. So now that they've had to come into a program like Kentucky and, and learn to, you know, grind, be gym rats and just play as a team. I think it's going to take them a little bit of time to, to get that together. And who knows, maybe, maybe we're wrong and maybe I'm wrong. And maybe this team is not even in the top 25 for the rest of the year because they just don't have the team talent. Maybe they have the individual talent, but I don't know. I think it's going to take us a little bit of time to see what happens, but I definitely think it's a little bit of both. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's a little bit of both. Um, a couple, you know, in Kentucky, I, I was definitely impressed by Olivier Saar, um, Wake Forest transfer. Shout out to Deke. Shout out my brother, Adam. Hope you're listening. Um, I saw Olivier play against Richmond at that point, I think he was like backing up another seven footer. So he didn't play too much, but especially in the first half, when they got him the ball on the low block, even with Grant defending, he could get any shot he wanted. Uh, he had a couple drop step dunks. Um, he could throw some shots up and then their athletes could go up and just rebound for quick tip-ins. I think they got away from that in the second half a little bit, which was surprising, but I, I think it's a really good Kentucky team. It's a team that in very Kentucky fashion will get better as the season goes on. I'm sure there'll be a tournament team and they'll make some noise in March. Um, but no, look, let's, let's be straight, right? Let's not take away from the Richmond performance today. Um, I think one really, really interesting thing and, and something I said, especially in the first half, Jake and Blake together probably played their combined worst first half that I've seen them play maybe yep. ever since they've been in the same lineup. Um, Jacob was missing wide open three pointers. Blake was taking some really questionable shots. I like to sometimes call him Blake Harden when he gets on those <laughs> uh, strings where he'll just do crazy dribble combo pull-ups. He hits them, which looks really cool sometimes, but a lot of times he'll go cold. Um, but in the second half especially, Jacob took over the game without really needing to score through his defense, you know, stealing the ball directly, but just both off-ball off defense and then creating for the other guys. And I think that's highlighted most by that awesome highlight behind the back pass save um, that, that Blake, you know, had a wide open layup for. Um, so look, I think Jacob did this a lot last year, but him again, only scoring, I think it was eight points for the game or. Yeah. He had six. I mean, you're right. Points. His shooting wasn't good. He was three for 13 on the day. Oh, for eight from three. That's, oh, that's for, I mean, that's good. bad. Oh, for bad. eight. Yeah. Oh, great. And he, I think he shot just around 30% for the season last year as a three point shooter. Um, so 
again, it's great that Richmond could win that game with him shooting that bad. And that's because Jacob is so good that he doesn't need to make shots to impact the game and even be the best player on the court because of his defense and because of his um, ball skills. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. He makes his impact known off the stat sheet a lot of the time. Um, just, just a game thing. Did you notice the fans at all on the stream? I didn't really. I saw there were 3,500 people there, and I was hearing from some people that they thought that that would make a difference, but it didn't really make a difference for me. I heard a little bit. Um, it's, it's interesting. I've been listening to some other Richmond content, and I hear Nick Sherrod talking a lot about how he thinks as a road team um, – you're at such an advantage by not having a traditional student section packed court. And then Kentucky that's multiplied by a thousand because that's one of the, the most, you know, it's a wildest fan base and one of the, the toughest places to play. So I didn't hear them much. The loudest I heard was the uh, Nate KO dunk at the very end of the game. That sounded like yeah. a home game, yeah. I, you know, from the pure audio clip I heard, that was awesome. Uh, I'm sure. And I heard the, the broadcaster say, we had a little bit of a Richmond contingent, friends and family that were allowed to get in there and watch the game. So I'm glad they got to see some Richmond basketball. We're all really jealous to not be able yeah, to watch it definitely. in person. Um, but, you know, I think that played into our hands. I mean, you can hear a crowd of 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people. But like you said, those young guys from Kentucky rely on the fact that if they get a, a huge dunk or make a big three, it sounds like an NBA arena. And that's where yep. they want to go. Yeah, right? definitely. So, I don't think it played a, a big fat. I think it played directly into our hands. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty happy with how we played overall. I think, like you said, that played into our hands. I also think what played into our hands was having Andre back on the court. Yeah. I think uh, I, I love think him. he was uh, me too. I think he helped space the floor really well. He played well on D. Um, I think he played like 17 minutes. He was three for three, efficient. Uh, helps move the ball around. It was great to have him back. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the only bad thing from this game was really the turnovers in the first half. We, uh, I think that's what kind of kept Kentucky in the game, really. Yeah. I think if that didn't happen in the first half, maybe we're up at half and then we just run away with it in the second half. But Yeah, um, and we've, been, we've been singing Nate's praises. And again, he had a great game today. Shot 8 for 13, 18 points. He did have yeah. four, four turnovers, so hopefully we can clear, clean that up a little bit. Um, that was, again, as I mentioned, that was definitely a testament to how fast the game was being played in the first half. Um, yeah, like you said, that dunk was an absolute exclamation oh. point. Everyone's like nominating that and Gilly's pass for top 10, which is yeah. awesome. But. Well, we've been such an under the basket team that every time I remember there was like a couple Quan four dunks, maybe a couple like Dion Taylor dunks. Now Deion I guess we've got, that's a name. That's see again, that's real spider fans, fans know Dion Taylor. Um, but you know, we're, we're not the highlight factory, right? We're a lot of under the basket bounce passes and all that stuff. So um, that was cool to see. Uh, one thing I did, I definitely didn't want to, um, let this go without mentioning, like you said, Matt Grace three pointer again. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. <laughs> well, it was kind of going to be that, uh, but the, the bench, right. So you mentioned Andre already came in and did exactly what we needed him to do. Um, Matt Grace, like you said, did look horrible. I, I, sometimes I worry when Matt Grace goes out there and that one, three, that was, I a, don't think you're the only one. Don't worry. That was a momentum changing three coming off the behind the back pass from Jacob, um, shot it confidently. Um, and then, you know, you had Saul come in there with Matt and again, they're not going to win the game for you, but they didn't lose the game for us in a game where we couldn't keep Grant out there as long as we wanted. So uh, I think Saul towards the end had a really nice block on, on top end. Um, and then, you know, led to a loose ball, Matt hit that three. We don't need those guys to score 10 points or, or get 
10 rebounds a game, but if they can come in for the five, 10 minutes that they play, Saul played seven, Matt played 14, um, and just not be a negative. We're, I think we're, again, sitting really, really pretty. So I think it was a total team win. It was a balanced scoring attack. Not one player really, you know, took over the game. And I think that's going to be a, a standard for us, in, in a, again, in a season where at any given time, Blake, Nate, Grant, Jacob, and even Tyler can be the best offensive player for Richmond on the court. So, um, yeah. no, again, it's awesome. We were talking about how great it was that we could even say Richmond is playing Kentucky. And the fact that we watched them beat them convincingly in the second half is really exciting. Um, and so I'm just super excited to follow this season and, and see where we can take things from here. We're going to get a lot of, and we're already getting it, right, a lot of positive press on it already. Yep. Um, so hopefully we can live up to that. Yeah, like you said, with those, with those you know, uh, guys coming off the bench, to not be negatives, I think the only negative I had was the Macri's foul out. Yeah. You know, in a close game, that could hurt us, but maybe because Mooney was feeling a little bit more confident about where we were in this game, he wasn't too worried about that and kept him in, but that was really the only, only negative for me in terms of that. But. And I would just say um, that, that, that can be stretched to the whole team, right? Because I think we were in a position at one point where um, Tyler, Jake, and Grant all had 3,000 or 2,000 the first half, and we had to sit them at some point. And then Grant picked up a quick third foul. We had to sit him for a while. So, we, again, we talked about how, how strong our depth is. That can get erased really quickly by foul trouble. I don't think – and I'm curious what Kentucky shot um, from the free throw line this game. Let me double check my – the shot – yeah, the only shot – 20 for 33. Yeah, 20 for 33 from the, from the free throw line. So, you know, if you're shooting 60% and we're – we have them in the bonus for a while, um, that's going to be – you know, we're, we're not going to get beat because of that. But if we come across a really good foul shooting team, we might run into some more struggle about that. So – that's the only other. That's the only other point I had. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty solid game summary. I mean, um, only only other thing. <laughs> I know we probably don't want to dive too deep. Into I want to dive into it. We can give was, it five ten minutes. Was the uh, the fan reaction from this game? For me, it was uh, a little much. I mean, I'm super happy we won, but a lot of what I saw on the internet today was, oh, look at these people that were on the Fire Mooney train or retweeted something about the billboard like oh let's all take expose them they were wrong like all this stuff and i don't think that's necessarily true like i think we were talking about this earlier ev you were telling me you know fandom isn't about just supporting it when you're good you know and i think these people that were on this you know this train it doesn't mean that they were wrong to be on the train this fire mooney train whatever it was now maybe they're back on it like you shouldn't there shouldn't be repercussions for not for like having a coach that you wanted to be really good, not live up to the expectation you have. And you should be able to have the opinion you wanted based on that. So I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into it. Also the people that were posting all day today, like, Oh, roll damn spy. Like I've never seen you talk about Richmond basketball in your life. And you probably didn't even watch the game. So (laughs) get out of here. All right. So yeah. Well, I'll just take what you said a point further, because I would love to have a conversation with somebody about this and just hear the other side. But when did fandom become blind, positive, critiqueless support because if that's what fandom is i'm not a fan of anything right like yeah and i think we talked about this a lot in our independent study with foresight like what is fandom it's not just blindly like yes it's all good all the time like no that's just not how it is 
Yeah, and it's almost like people are coming at those who were frustrated with the team's performance a few years back uh, now, and they're like, oh, you can't enjoy the team's success currently because at one point you didn't want the coach to be there. That makes no sense to me. I mean, let's just think about it in any other context, right? Like, you can't, you can't expect a, a fan of a team to just consistently be positive. Oh, it'll get better. Look, look what's going to happen down the road. The reason that people are so, you know, got so critical of things in the past is because we really cared about it. You know, we care about, again, Andrew and I have skipped class to watch games. We've watched games on flow hoops, whatever the heck that is. We've, we've, again, we've literally been in the stands too, when there's too much of our time watching these games. Probably. We've been, we've been in the stands when there are less than 50 students at these games. That even might be a generous number. It might be less than 20, 20. right? So we've seen, we've seen the bad and the good and we, we enjoyed the good so much that that's why, um, people like us were, you know, concerned about it in the past. And again, I was never on like the full Fire Mooney train, the Fire Mooney mafia, whatever, whatever that came to be. But yeah, I mean, Andrew posted a picture today of the final score. We mentioned the Jacksonville State game from, I think, what was that, 2017? Um, Three years ago, almost to the day. It was like a 35-point loss. And at that point, everyone was saying this is one of the worst non-conference performances by an A-10 team in recent memory. Right. So are we just going to say, oh, well, that's sports. <laughs> like everything will be fine. No, that's what that, those are the times. Because, again, there was that meme a while ago. Like, if you don't love me at my worst, you, you can't <laughs> love me at my best. Yeah. Right. So why, why why does it always have to be the best? Right. You got to you got to take the punches and, and roll with the negative. So, look, at least for me, I'm going to ride this positive wave. Right. Because we've got a great team. The coaches put us in a great spot. We just had one of the probably five best regular season wins in our program's history. So we're going to be really excited and we have the right to be excited. Everybody has the right to be excited. Let's not go get selective over who can, who can enjoy wins versus who can't. Right. Because that's again, a mid-major team, a school like Richmond that has a real problem in engaging students with the team, with, with their athletics department in general. Trying to isolate people. It, it, It makes no sense to me, man. So I don't know if you agree with me or if you've got a different take, but that's just what I wanted to add on that. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't, I mean, I don't understand why, you know, a tough frustrating season that you don't really support means that you can't support a great season. That's like we're off to a really positive start. So I don't know. I think everyone should be able to cheer whenever they want, be against it whenever they want. And I think that just means they really care about the program. Like, for me, I'm not going to say I was ever – I probably was actually full fire Mooney for a little bit there. I'm not going to lie. You can check my old tweets. I probably was. But, you know, it's just because I wanted the best for this program, and I know that this program has so much potential. And it's great to see that now we're, you know, starting to climb up the ladder to reach that potential. But we always had the players. We had the system. It was just something was off. So I think as a fan, you just try to – for any sport, you just try to blame, find the blame on someone, and you don't want to blame the players because – you know, they're putting in a ton of work and, and the coach is the face of the team. So it's the easiest to attack. Um, so that's it. That's really yeah. all I have. Yeah. No, and again, I just pulled up the, the again, this is a, the, a lot of that reached its height after a season opening loss to Delaware at home by 13, a home loss after that to Jacksonville state by 33. We lost to Cincinnati by 28, lost to Louisiana Lafayette. These are consecutive games to Louisiana Lafayette, lost to Vermont, lost to Wake Forest. So, I mean, that's like a two and 
seven start, right? So again, so that you, there's a reason to be mad. There's a reason to be mad, and, and it's okay. Because, we're mad because we care, not because exactly. we want to see people do poorly and we want to wish poorly on a coach or on anybody. Yeah, right. We're just that's one thing I'll say. Fans. It's never personal. It's never personal. It's anyway, not. We'll we'll have to get some people in. The, you know, when we can all get back into a bar or whatever, and just yeah. hash this thing out. The Fire Mooney Mafia, the Higher Mooney Mafia. We can all come together, become the One Mooney Mafia. And or whoever, or whoever it is at that time. Right. Yeah. And Richmond will go to <laughs> the every, Richmond Mafia. The Richmond Mafia. <laughs> Richmond will go to every you know tournament for the next twenty years. So uh, let's hope. Let's hope. Anyway, I, I think both you and I wanted to get off, get that off our chest. Yeah, hundred so percent. Yeah, and I hope um, that people agree with us or don't agree with us, and let us know why you don't agree, and we'll address it. Exactly. Let us know on socials, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you want. We're there. Podcast so comments, know. whatever. It doesn't matter. Anything. We're open. Um, right, so uh i think that's a pretty good wrap up for kentucky right I think, I, that's again that's everything richmond beat kentucky rolls five yeah. we are fans Rolls-Fied. we're excited yeah um let's so wrap up I, with a little bit of charleston yeah um, let's get on to charleston cool. um to be honest you know way more about this team than i do so i'm gonna let you take this well so we i think besides the fact the, that they kept unc close in their first game that's all yeah so i think this is part of a home and home um i think we had them at home last year and and this game is is going to be at charleston next week so I was just looking at some numbers from last year. It was a seven-point win for us. Um, it was our – we were at that point, that got us to nine and one on the season. So that was, you know, when we were on that early season roll. I think we were getting a lot of top 25 votes at that point. Um, it was a big game for both Grant and uh, Blake Francis, I believe. Yeah, Grant had 17 and seven. Um, Blake had 20. And then Jacob just had a very classic Jacob game, seven points, eight assists, six rebounds, three steals. Again, this guy's like 5'9", and he's doing all this, and 5'9 is probably generous. Um, but Charleston, at that point, they had Grant Riller, who's now in the NBA, which is really cool. Um, he's a NBA – I think he got drafted in the second round and is now on the Hornets roster, which is pretty sweet. Um, but for this year's team, I think you're going to see kind of a one-two punch of Revan Galloway and, and Zepp Jasper, two, two interesting names. Galloway hung 20 on us oh. last year. Um, and Jasper played 30 minutes, but only scored three points. He was one for five from three brick city. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, and, and Charleston as a team, they played two games. They played, uh, UNC, as you said, and then they played limestone. And I think limestone is a D three school, but it's also a type of sedimentary rock according to Wikipedia. So probably should have searched college at the end there. <laughs> um, but I think if I had to predict an opening line, I think we'll probably be favored by maybe 12 points. Um, and, you know, we'll see if we want to get into the action on that. But, yeah, I mean, look, they, they ended up losing to North Carolina by 19 in their first game, but they were very close at half, neck and neck. It was like a one-point game before UNC took off at halftime. So they're a good team. They're a quality mid-manger. So I'm not, not writing them off at all, man. What about you? I mean, I'll never write anyone off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that about me. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the matchup. I mean, always appreciate facing fellow, you know, contending mid-major teams. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. I mean, hopefully we're not riding too high after this Kentucky win. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they played UNC well. If we're going by the rankings, what were they, 16? They lost by, like, 19. We beat yeah. the 10 teams. So, it should, it should be a decent matchup. So, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so it's going to be... Look, I'm just looking forward to more basketball, honestly. I just want to watch more basketball. That's it. Again, just hope and pray. 
team yeah, stays team yeah. stays healthy. Yeah, Again, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna start to forget that because of how excited this game was. Hopefully yeah, like we saw we saw the team welcome today. I'm like, no, we don't need a team fan welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Let them yeah. go to their dorms. Like, stay away from the people that are going to work and stuff. Like I that. I do really wish we could have seen a Mooney Calipari handshake at the end of the game, but he just gave him the old wave and you know. Yeah, walked, and then and by. he did that weird thing where he said before the game that Calipari wasn't gonna do media, and that was kind of weird. Did he just know they were gonna lose and didn't want to have I, to talk to people? Maybe, maybe he did. <laughs> I mean, he sounded like he knew he was going to lose when he talked to, to talked to Noah Goldberg last week. So maybe that's the case. Yeah, I, I think he's been trying to do that strategy where he just kind of craps on his team to try to get him to. I think know, so. He's too. Like, yeah. We're freshmen. We don't know what we're doing. We can't do anything. Yeah. And, you know, just tries the reverse psychology thing. Clearly Definitely. didn't work for yep. Richmond. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, we're pumped. Again, hopefully the season, everything can continue to go clearly, smoothly. Next game, as I mentioned, it's Charleston, December 2nd, Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Flow. Damn, it's already December. Jeez. On Flow Sports. I don't know what that Flow cheese Sports. is. Bro. I'm probably going to have to pay, like, probably going to have to pay. Shout out to Chris Smooth. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want to have to pay for the royalties there, so we're shouting them out. I'm probably going to have to pay $10 to watch this one game and have, Ugh. like, a monthly subscription and get 15 emails before I remember to unsubscribe. Yeah. They're like I think Flow Sports is like the the streaming partner of the CAA, which is um, what Charleston's in. So yeah. after that, should be smooth sailing on ESPN Plus slash national TV for us. So we should be good. Big plus yeah. subscribers here. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Hopefully, yeah, me too. Continue to look like the team we were today. Yeah. So uh, let's say we're AP voters. It's uh, Monday. Coming up on 12 o'clock, where are you putting this team in the top 25? Because I think it's not a foregone conclusion, but it's, it's, it's pretty positive that we're going to be in the top 25 tomorrow, along with St. Louis. Um, I almost want to look up the AP top 25 from the opening week just to see how many see votes we got. Yeah. Um, just because, again, I think we were getting votes at the beginning, and then we, you know, but ultimately we didn't get enough to actually be in the – actual top 25 yep um now, uh, i know jeff goodman posted his his update tonight i think he has us at 16 yeah which did, i think yeah. is a little too high personally me too so to answer your question i'm gonna put us somewhere in the the i'll go 19 to 23 my if you're gonna if you're gonna have me put a number on it my number is 21 so okay. that everyone listening write that down we'll we'll, we'll set the line there yeah. but going into it the preseason we are receiving 40 votes um St. Louis That's was solid. That's solid eight. stuff. So hopefully after St. Louis, I think they're now three and zero or two and zero. We could potentially have two top twenty-five teams in the A10, um, yeah. which would be awesome. But yeah, I'm going to put our number at twenty-one. What about you? Um, I'm right around there. I'm thinking twenty-three. I think St. Louis jumps us um, at, at nineteen. So we'll see. Yeah, they're a good team. I'm I'm yeah. really really excited that we're playing um, playing them twice this year. Yeah, me too. I th- be... I think the A10 is strong this year. Yeah. It, I saw uh, – I think – what do they have VCU at nine in the preseason poll? I think VCU is a way better team than that, and we will get a VCU preview later this week as hopefully we will have uh, VCU former student videographer Andrew Cannavos on the pod to give us yeah. a VCU breakdown. But I think – I think Underrated IM guard as well. Underrated oh, IM guard. Oh, yeah. Guard. Yeah, you can check his Twitter. <laughs> he'll, he'll show you that. But I think, I think we could be – we're definitely going to be a two-bit, I hope. I think we could be anywhere between two and four. So let's see. Yeah. I'm rooting for the A10 always. We're um we're, one thing I love about the A10 community is we're all very inclusive, right? And I think that's maybe just a mid-major thing, but I always see guys, you know, hyping up Richmond, and these are guys that 
go to Dayton or St. Louis or Bonaventure. So we're going to do the same. Um, you know, we just wanted to get this quick podcast up to talk about Richmond, but we'll definitely sprinkle in just some general A10 um, talk. I don't know if they have it copyrighted. Um, and uh, again, three bid league. Those guys have a podcast. Hopefully, it's like a four bid league, four bid league, five bid league about how we're playing right now. So yeah, let's let's get us some more bids in this league. Come on. Yeah. One thing I do want to say um, on the AP poll conversation is there's a cool website that I always check out called collegepolltracker.com. Would recommend everybody check that out if you're really into this. No free um, ads, but that's a free ad. That's a free ad. When they come, when it comes out tomorrow, um, they'll have the list of, of the, obviously the list of the poll, but then you can actually look into every poller's unique votes and it'll show you exactly where certain people vote teams, but it'll also show you, um, you know, if someone picked a team that nobody else has in the top 25, it's like an outlier pick. Or if somebody, if everybody has a team in the top 10, but they put them at 20, it'll show it as well. So it's kind of cool to see. Um, and you can kind of pick out some, uh, some journalists that might be higher on Richmond than others. I know one of them is John Feinstein, who's like a very well-known college basketball um, journalist. So he'll probably have us at like four <laughs> tomorrow when it comes out. But um, my number, my number is 21. Did you, did you give a final number? Cause I'm going to write it down. And yeah. We'll yeah. 23 in St. Louis at 19. All right. 21. We'll, uh, we'll see later in the week how accurate that is. But. So I'm going to think people are still low on St. Louis. I'm going to put St. Louis at 23. So all right. Back, below us. Well, I think people back, are high on St. Louis. Back, well, we got that big Kentucky win, man. People, yeah, they got people, two, big, they got two big wins this weekend too, though. I know, but people, hey, people care more about the blue chip programs than I think they, they beat LSU, which is obviously a really good win. Um, yeah, I know. Was it? I mean, they beat SIUE. I don't even know who that is. So that's SIU Edwardsville, bro. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. supposed to know that. Well, you never been there? Um, <laughs> but no, St. Louis is going to be good. They're uh, they, they they've got they're, they, they're always good. Even they when they're not supposed us, to be good, they're good. They smoked us at home last year, and we and they didn't have like two players that they're that are in their key rotation now. So we'll see, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll so. see. All right. Any, anything else you wanted to run through? I think I got everything I needed out. No, I think I think we hit it all. I think this is a perfect recap for the weekend. And uh, look out for a new pod probably Thursday before the fr- before the Saturday game. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll recap hopefully the Charleston game Wednesday. Um, hopefully have an interview, our first interview, and then uh, move into the weekend pod. So yeah, we I'm are. All good. We are looking for interview guests as well. We've got a couple lined up that we're working on right now, but if you have a special talent or you want to pretend like you have a special talent or qualification. Yeah. It's not that hard to get on. <laughs> literally you could, it's very easy to get on. So yeah. let's, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Um, no, that's, that's everything I wanted to go through. So I think that's going to wrap it up for episode two. Like you said, episode three, hopefully coming out on Thursday or Friday because the games usually happen Tuesday or Wednesday and then Saturday or Sunday. We're going to try to do it around that Thursday, Friday time period in between each game, right? And obviously do emergency podcasts like this when we get big wins. So hopefully we do that again soon. Um, great to talk to you as always, my man. I'm still pumped. Hopefully I can catch some sleep tonight. And uh, we're ready for the, the work day tomorrow. Sunday scaries hitting us big time. <laughs> <laughs> no Sunday scaries here after the Kentucky win. We're ready to Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, everybody, right. for listening. We'll see you next week on episode three. Peace out. Roll spy. Rolls by. Thanks again. See you guys. Thank you. Kendall going to take a fadeaway three. It's good. And he fouled. Green set by Jerome. Oh, Anderson two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. He switched it. The Spiders have a chance to win.
Anthony for the lead. Trey Davis to inbound, underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck, and fake shoots, block! Oh, oh, oh.